here to build you up. I've been waiting for this for the last week after building myself up in the mirror. I am ready to give it to Pastor Scrawny. I tell him how small he is, how puny. I squish him like the ant No, 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 I think, I think you, no, 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 no. I, I was reading in the connection. This is a wonderful little thing. It's got all sorts of things in here, but it talks about, well, I mean, now you can't read, but I will tell I you what it says. Read. I can't read. It says, it says that we are here to build up with our words. And, and when you call people scrawny or little and make fun of them, that's, that's not really very helpful in building them up. But it makes me feel so good. No, but no, no, no. But I know it, it makes your muscles look bigger too, but, but it's not really helpful. Like, like in God's word, it talks about, you know, us building each other up, that we should be here to build each other up with our words. And, and we use those words to lift each other up. We probably should stop calling him Pastor Scrawny. I suddenly feel so small. I have to tell him I'm sorry. Well, he, he will forgive you. That is what it tells in here, too, that, that God forgives us and loves us, even when we use the wrong words. Mm. But now we will be built up, and so this sketch is almost over. We probably should be done now. It's been six weeks. If someone could pull the plug on this, that would be... Please, please. That's it! I think they finally got it. Finally. Well, you know, it's been quite a, a journey we've been on these, these days, six weeks, of studying uh, one chapter of God's Word, Ephesians chapter 4. And we've been growing through it, learning a lot along the way. And uh, just to look back a little bit of where this all started. You know, it all started with week one when we focused in on verses one through two. And look at where we began. Uh, bodybuilding 101. And you think about what we talked about there, how that chapter begins, you know, that we would live a life worthy of the calling we've received in the Lord as the body of Christ, as individuals, yes, but knowing that each of us is part of the body. And building the body means leaning into the calling we've received in Jesus. Now, week number two, we got into verses three through six and developed a unified core, which uh, bodybuilders or anybody in fitness will tell you our core is, is critical to fitness and health and well-being and balance and everything. And so it is with God's people, the church, his body. Being unified in one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one Lord, and coming together as God's people, unified, walking in faith together, is critical to health and well-being as the body of Christ. We dwelt on that. We got into verses 7 through 13 in week number 3 as we looked at I, that there actually isn't one. You've heard it said in team, there is no I, and so it is with the church. Our calling as God's people, as we are equipped to use the gifts, the talents, the ability, the resources we've been given, is to lift up God's church, his people, and to continue to be built up as each of us does our own part. And it's not about getting glory for ourselves. Rather, it's all about glorifying the one, the great I am in all that we do and say. We, we, we spent time in that. Uh, then we spent time with verses 14 through 16 as well. As we learned, to, as Paul reminds us that love is more than a word or just a, a something to say. Love is an action in being God's people who don't just sit back and say, well, I uh, just say we love but that love is something that moves us to serve, moves us to be involved and active in being his church. I mean, imagine if our Savior had only just said he loved us. 
We needed him to act on that love, to come into this broken, fallen world, to be the one who would be love for us. He calls us in the same way, to love in action, love reps over and over again. And last week, we we spent time in verses 17 through 24, as Pastor Steve dwelt on the fact that, that God's word also points out, the more we look in the mirror to realize each one of us as broken, fallen, sinful people are in need of God's grace. And that is an incredible place of power as God has his way in our life to create us and recreate us through the power of his word to be his people. It's a matter of being a new people, the new us, built up as the church, as his body in Christ. Um, Good stuff. I mean, this has been amazing to spend time in the word and realize God's calling over all of us as the body. Now today, in the final week, We get into verses 25 through 32, and we're going to look at upwards. And if you didn't know this, we've actually been built up along the way. Did anybody catch that? I know it's 8 o'clock, but you can say, ah, right? Yeah, (laughs) upwards. Now, before we get into the text a little further, you know, to think about what is the strongest muscle in the body? How do you answer that? Now, some have said the heart and I've heard that is true in terms of physical strength. It is the strongest muscle by, by way of just sure strength. But let's put it this way. What muscle in the body has the greatest capacity or ability to wound or cause damage or destruction? The tongue. You know, I think of what James says about the tongue. James 3, 8 through 10 says, But no human being can subdue the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse people made in God's image. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. These things should not be so, my brothers and sisters. And so it goes with the tongue. Words have the ability and the capacity to cause great harm and create create great damage in the lives of people around us. And so it goes. If you've ever been wounded by words, hurt by words, you know how painful it can be. You know, and Paul's been spending all this time talking about what it is for God's people, the church, the body of Christ to be built up And now he turns to the dilemma of words and how destructive words can be and yet at the same time how powerful words can be at building up God's people, the church. We turn to that text now. And as Paul writes by the Spirit beginning with verse 25, we're going to focus first on verses 25 through 27. Therefore each of you must put off falsehood. Why don't you read it with me? Help my voice out. And speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Now, there's some urgency to this fact. And when you look at what he's really, let's keep that up there for a while. And when you think about what he's saying, Put off falsehood. Speak truthfully to your neighbor. We are all members of one body. There it is again. That ongoing reminder of we're not enemies here. 
God has called us. We're on the same side. And to speak truthfully, but in that truth, to not be in sin when there's anger. In your anger. Now, that's a, kind of an interesting thought. Uh, is it possible to be angry and not be sinning at the same time? What do you think? It's an important question, right? Is it possible to be angry and not be sinful at the same time? And, and I'm seeing some of you go, yeah. See, that's an important thing because when it comes to compassion and love, and, and when, when there is injustice or when love is, in, is jeopardized or community or unity is jeopardized, a, a righteous anger is possible. You know, God moves in the hearts of his people with compassionate anger to say, this isn't right. Do you understand how this is destructive? Do you understand how this is hurtful? And hurtful even to the one who may be causing it. You know, anger can be righteous. But as Paul reminds us, it's a very slippery slope, isn't it? How we can move from righteous anger into sinful anger, it can happen just like that. And Paul's warning to us is be aware of this. Now he actually gives us a pathway to that and a reminder how to deal with it. What does he say in the next verse? Do not what? Let the sun go down while you are still angry. Instead, do not, and, and don't give the devil a foothold. Um, what's that saying? It's an urgency factor, right? And, and it literally, and you can start pulling this apart a little bit. I mean, Paul is actually um, giving two quotations from God's word here. One is from Zechariah 8, 16, when he talks about speaking truthfully to your neighbor. He's also quoting Psalm 4, 4, when he says, in your anger do not sin. Paul's bringing scripture into the discussion here, but he's also making a point. There's an urgency factor when there is a sense of being wronged, a sense of being sinned against, a sense of injustice in the midst of community in the body. And Paul says, don't sleep on it. Speak on it. And, and what does he mean by that? In other words, the way to handle this, don't let the sun go down on your anger, is as soon as you're angry at someone who has harmed you, of course the first step is what? Go post it on social media, right? Drives me crazy. And, and you know what? There is, when you think about the power of words to cause desolation and destruction in the body of Christ, this is one that causes more havoc than anything. How do we deal with it? Now we read the gospel today. Jesus gives these words. We turn to Jesus in Matthew 18. And, and those incredible steps. I mean, Jesus is talking to real people who would become a real church in a real world of brokenness and sinfulness. And we shouldn't be surprised if there's times when we are wronged or our feelings are hurt. It does it sting? Absolutely. Does it cause damage? Absolutely. But how do we deal with it as God's people? Jesus says this. He says, if your brother or sister sins against you, first step, post it on social media? No. Oh, oh that's right. He says, go in the hallways and start gossiping about it over coffee. No, he doesn't say that either. No, start emailing people about it and say, can you believe they said this? 
doesn't say that either. This is serious. Jesus says, go talk to them. Seems so simple. And yet so often, this simple step is ignored, passed over, and it causes destruction. As people's character is assassinated or, or, or someone's reputation is damaged. And the number of times this can play out, maybe you've been the one on the other side of that. And so many times it's over a misunderstanding. If only we just go and talk to the person, we come to find out, man, we misunderstood what they said or what we thought happened didn't even happen. And meanwhile, before we posted on social media, can you believe they did that? Imagine the destruction that is caused by that approach. Jesus says, it's really kind of simple. Go and talk to them. I, I get it. It's hard. It's difficult. But that's what love does. Love motivates us to go talk to the person out of love and compassion. Not out of a motivation to bury them or put them down, but rather out of love in a spirit of reconciliation. It starts there. You go talk to the person. Jesus says, if that doesn't work, next step, pretty simple, well then bring a couple other friends along and have another meeting. Sit down and talk to them about what happened. It's more to bring other witnesses into play, to bring truth to light. Again, not to bury them, not to put them down, but rather to regain your brother or sister and bring reconciliation and unity. Jesus says, if that doesn't work, then bring it before the church. Um, in our context, that could include bringing it to our elders, bringing it to a pastor, bringing it to, to those who, who've been called by God and, and given this opportunity to continue to build up unity. And, you know, we have a structure in place for this to happen. And, and you know, what's interesting, Jesus says then, if that doesn't work, what does he say? Treat them then as a what? A pagan and a tax collector. I've met people along the way who have asked me this question, Pastor, how bad does it need to get till we get to kick somebody out? I'm like, really? Is that the goal? That's not the goal. And I find it ironic that when Jesus says, if that step doesn't work, treat them as pagans and as tax collectors. Um, how did Jesus treat pagans and tax collectors, incidentally? He actually loved them. And he continued to reach out to them in compassion and love and truth. You know, God has called us to be motivated by that. Love, compassion. That's really what's at work in this. Step by step. Now we get into that. And, and Paul goes on, lest we give the devil a foothold. We go on to the next verses. And Paul goes on and, and uh, we're going to move on to verse 29. And he says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, let's stay there for a minute. It's helpful for building others up. It's, it's you know, when your mother said, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all, Right? She was right. That God has called us to be people who use words 
That doesn't mince truth. It's not what we're saying here, but that truth is spoken in love and that we use words to encourage, words that build up those around us, realizing that words have power. They have the ability, as God shows us in his word, the power to create and recreate and that God gives us words to use to build those around us up lest we grieve the Holy Spirit whom we were sealed for the day of redemption. When were you sealed? In our baptism. God called you by name as a treasured child of God. He says you received the Holy Spirit on that day and you are no longer your own. Your body was purchased at a price. Therefore, we honor God with our body and the strength that we have, and it includes the strength that comes through what we say as well as what we do. Now, Paul goes on. In the next verse, in verse 31, therefore, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. Understood here, this is anger that has given forth sin, right? Where we now are motivated by revenge, motivated by holding a grudge, motivated by trying to destroy that one who has hurt us. And we're in the wrong place. The devil has gotten a foothold at that place. He says, no, get rid of all of that. Get rid of brawling. Get rid of slander where we smear somebody's name along with every form of malice. In other words, it has no place among God's people. Rather be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving, read this with me, each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. You know, here's the clue. How is this possible? You may come here today and you say, yeah, but you have no idea how badly they hurt me. I guarantee you something. You can never, ever forgive someone more than you've already been forgiven by the Lord. It's a perspective builder to stand in the presence of Almighty God as one who's given you his grace. You can never forgive another as much as you've already been forgiven. It's the perspective that builds the perspective to be able to speak truth in love, to be people who encourage one another, whose motivations are to run as fast as we can to reconcile and love knowing that the church and the unity and the body of Christ, it's damaged when we fail to do so. And that's true of every one of us as part of that body. God has called us to speak truth, to love, to encourage, compassionate toward one another, forgiving just as in Christ forgave you. I'm always amazed when the secular world sometimes gets this better than the church. And uh, there's a place where I work out uh, not as regularly as I need to, but I'll tell you this. This is my health club. I want to show you a sign that's on the wall at the place where I work out. It's at Planet Fitness. Those are large letters. It's what you see when you walk in. And the idea is we are here to improve our health, to come together and be built up. And it's not about pointing out what's wrong with everything. Planet Fitness gets that. There's another sign that also... It's on the other wall, and it, it says this, the judgment-free zone. I love that. I, imagine if we had a sign like that as the church. It says, you are welcome here 
to meet Jesus, to be encouraged by the body of Christ. It doesn't mean we water down truth. It's not at all what I'm saying. But rather that truth is always motivated by love. And that in speaking truth, in compassion, in encouragement, in peace, and in love, God's people, his body is built up. Words are powerful. And words are important. And praise God, our God gives us his word to build us up as his people. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for calling us to be your church. We thank you for your calling over us that reinvites us and reignites us and renews us as your body to be built up in strength and power through your word. Lord, you speak your word over us and you bring about a new reality. And we pray today that you would continue to work that word in our hearts and our minds that would lead to forgiveness and grace to those around us. We praise you for reconciliation. We thank you for your word that leads us into a place of, of that reconciliation and continues to move among your people, realizing that there's a lot on the line when we fail to realize that. Help us to use our words and be motivated by your spirit to build each other up as you've built us up in the grace and the forgiveness that is ours through what you have done as our Savior and Lord. We praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.